Craft Beer Radio interview from Saver with Eric Warner from Flying Dog. I'm here with Eric Warner. He is the brewer at Flying Dog Brewery. And uh, I first saw you last night at the uh, the One Salon where they appeared your gonzo with uh, blue cheese dip. And in my opinion, the blue cheese wasn't potent enough. It was uh, like a baby training wheels blue cheese. Yeah, I mean, it, it seemed like something that would go, have gone very well on a baked potato, but uh, it was a little too diluted, um, you know, the, the pungent cheese flavors. I, I still think it worked, but uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a, a surprise. Oh, I'll bash the, the dip session on my own. You don't have to say anything. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about the Kerbos Triple. It's a new Belgian triple-style beer that you guys just put out. And uh, we got a sample at home. I hadn't tasted it yet because we're going to do it on our show. But uh, I tried it here, and, and it's interesting. I'm getting a more uh, peppery flavor than you would expect from a triple, which would be more sweet and zingy, where this one has a little bit more, it's almost like a triple saison or something like that, it seems to come across. Uh, you know, I wish I could say we uh, added some you know crazy, unique ingredients to create that, but it's just kind of the combination of the, uh, uh, the hops we use and, and the, the yeast and then the candy sugar. You know, the candy sugar definitely dries it out. That sets the stage for some of the more subtle flavors to come through. Uh, we push the candy sugar uh, limit up pretty high, uh, you know, uh, mid-teens um, in terms of total uh, fermentable extract. And then, uh, of course, we uh, did a, a, a bottle conditioning uh, with candy sugar again as well. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're real happy with how that beer turned out. You know, we did extensive piloting on it um sort of starting late last summer and uh got the recipe we liked and went you know scaled it up in in february and we're real happy with it Um, we actually you know one of the things we did when we were piloting that beer is we uh and it's, it's it's pretty interesting because we tried uh like 10 different beers you know 10 different triples and we typically do that when we design a new beer we get we have a style idea in mind and we'll say, let's go out and buy, you know, a dozen or so comparable examples of that style. And uh, believe it or not, there were actually more American triples in that tasting than, than we had Belgians. You know, there's some great triples out there right now that are being being made domestically. And, and uh, it's, it's really exciting for consumers to, you know, for one, you're, you're generally going to get a fresher uh, beer uh, in the U.S. And... Uh, like so many other styles, the American brewers are really doing a great job with them. The uh, the naming I found it was in, thought it was interesting that you spelled Kerberos K E R B E R O S and not C E R B E R U S. Is there a reason? Was there another beer that already had a trademark for Cerberus? Uh, there 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 wasn't uh, necessarily. It, it was kind of an interesting case because. The one brewery that said they had a name of uh, a product with that name, uh, they weren't actually the ones who filed a trademark. It, it was another company, and you know they when they heard about it, they kind of said, "Hey, you guys can't do that." And, and we said, "Well, gee, ought to be going after the other guys who filed the trademark." But we said, "You know what? Screw it. Let's steer clear of all this, and uh, we'll go with the Greek." Uh, uh, term for the three-headed dog that guarded the gates of hell. So that's why we went with Kerberos. 
it's kind of after my own heart because my day job, I'm a computer guy, and there's a, techno- a security technology called Kerberos, spelled the way you spell your beer. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we'll uh, heighten awareness for, uh, for that mythological uh, uh, Greek word. But, uh, you know, like, like with everything, uh, you know, with our lineup, it's a lot about the, the graphics and the Ralph Stedman artwork. And, you know, that three-headed dog really, uh, you know, Stedman, we knew he'd hit a, a home run with that when we said, hey, we, we want to do a beer with this name. And as always, he delivered with a great label. The, the Gonzo Imperial Porter, which is your tribute to Hunter S. Thompson, when it first came out, at least the impression was it was going to be a one-time tribute or something like that, and then it kind of seemed to be a seasonal, and now it's a year-round batch. Uh, I guess that's due to the popularity, but could you speak a little bit about the, the plans for Gonzo from day one, and has it changed at all? Well, you're absolutely right. You know, when when uh, Hunter uh, died just a little over three years ago, we knew right away, uh, you know, here's a guy that uh, is at an uh, instrumental part in shaping the, the brewery brand, and, and, our, and you know, he's a, kind of a patron saint almost. So we said the least we can do is take one of uh, our beers or, or create a beer, and, and you know, he was really... Uh, most known for uh, his role in the Road Dog label. Uh, that was our first Ralph Stedman label. It was kind of a collaboration between him and Hunter. And so he said, well, gee, let's take the Road Dog and, and uh, beef it up a little bit and make it uh, meaner and bigger and something Hunter would have uh, really appreciated. And originally we just did uh, 750-milliliter cork-finished bottles signed by Ralph Stedman. We did we did 5,000 bottles and, and we did 1,500 that were signed by Ralph Stedman. And, you know, we you're right. We had so many people uh, calling us and hitting us with emails that uh, we said we got to keep this going. And But to, you know, protect the, uh, the consumers who had actually paid money for the signed uh, bottles, uh, Ralph Stedman signed and numbered bottles, we said we got to do 12 ounce. We can't do it in a 750. And so from that day point forward, in, in uh, uh, late 05, early 06, it's it's been one of our uh, you know regularly available products. That, that's interesting how you you went to the 12 ounce bottle for the Imperial Porter. Uh, I think it's a convenient package for a higher alcohol beer. Uh, it doesn't have quite the the. That's what I'm looking for. The, the, the prestige or the mystique. You know, there's a lot of different ways to go about that. And, and you know, we're one of Hunter's great values was uh, honesty, you know. And, and we uh, like to be honest with our consumers. And I'm not saying that, uh, a, you know, our beers that we, our Wild Dog series, we do in 750 milliliter bottles once a year typically around the time of the Great American Beer Festival. I'm not saying those aren't a good value, uh, but they're, they cost more per ounce, and that's totally driven by the packaging costs. Those big champagne bottles or 750-milliliter bottles are more expensive. And the cork finish and the wire baskets, uh, plus we actually hand-bottle those, as do a lot of craft brewers that you know, put their uh, their most special beers into to big bottles. So, you know, we like to do beers in the large bottle format, but, you know, if we've determined that with some of our, our beers like the Gonzo or the Double Dog, uh, people really enjoy those, and we'd rather give them a better, you know, per ounce value by putting it in a, in a 12-ounce bottle. I also think it's better for sobriety management. Yes, exactly. Well... 
It's pretty. I mean, the double dog's insane. It's ten and a half percent, right, or something like that. Ten and a half percent. And uh, yeah, first time I had that, I didn't realize it was extreme, right? I thought it was just a new brown ale or something that you guys made, maybe a barley wine. But I wasn't expecting such an extreme beer the first time I had it. Well, we actually have something pretty revolutionary coming up here later in the summer. We're actually going to go with a seven ounce format for some of our uh, Canis Major beers. And uh, one of the things that happened when we acquired the uh, Frederick Brewing Company is we actually uh, got uh, seven ounce. Uh, they, they were running the. Uh, they were they were packaging Little Kings, the Little Kings Cream Ale. Uh, which was a Cincinnati beer, came in a seven ounce bottle. So we have all these uh, seven ounce change parts uh, in the brewery. They've just been sitting there. We're like, God, it'd be nice to do something with that. So uh, that'll help with sobriety management uh, even a little more. I think that's about all I have. Are you living in Frederick now or are you still no, in Denver? I'm, I still live in Denver, you know, obviously traveling a ton. And I've uh, been out uh, in, in the uh, DC, Maryland area all week. Uh, just spent the last week. Uh, at the brewery, we did something called Beer School, where we took uh, uh, our sales, marketing, admin people, and we made them work two days in the brewery. And then uh, I got them in the classroom for a day and gave them the uh, theory of beer 101. Uh, we did a, uh, an intensive sensory session. And then Friday, uh, uh, yesterday, we had it was exam day. So uh, everybody had to take a test, and uh, you know if they don't pass, they got to go to beer school again. <laughs> uh, what parts of Flying Dog are still running out of Denver? Uh, we basically just have our uh, sales, administrative, marketing offices there. Um, we still have uh, uh, you know the Blake Street Tavern next door. The old brewery features all the the beers on tap. So, but uh, yeah, all the brewing operations are now in in Frederick. All right. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, Jeff. Thanks, and we hope you enjoyed this Craft Beer Radio coverage of Saban. To find more, visit www.craftbeerradio.com slash Saban. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit www.craftbeerradio.com for more details. <laughs>